that everybody enjoyed meeting our local boy Matt and learning a little bit more about uh, all of his music and goings on and now on the porch we've got from all the way across the pond in Wales Miss Jenny Stevens and her ukulele and uh, I think you all are, are in for a treat let's uh let's go talk to Jenny for a bit Hello, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's lovely to be here. My name is Jenny Stevens, aka the Ukulele Girl, and you can find me all over social media being ridiculous with people and talking about ukuleles. <laughs> Would you care to tell us how in the world did you get that nickname of the Ukulele Girl? That is so cute. It happened quite by accident, actually. Um, I used to do Many years ago, I used to do little jazz gigs um, in this gorgeous little coffee bar in a little village um, just up the road here in Wales. And um, I would just use my own name, Jenny Stevens, didn't have a stage name or anything like that. Um, and I got quite well known for doing those gigs by the regulars. But for some reason, they they never called me by my name. Like I'd walk in the building and they'd go, oh, you're the ukulele girl. And it was, you know, it was quite funny. And then eventually I, I said to one of them, do you know what? I might have to just use that as my name because <laughs> that's what everybody says. Oh, it's the ukulele girl. Well, and, you know, it's it's really cool that they did that because it's sort of like, you know, you're going and entertaining everybody and you don't get actually adopted that's, by a group yeah, until they give you true. a nickname. I mean, it's just sort of like, you know, the ukulele girl, but you were their ukulele girl and they knew that you were coming. <laughs> I yeah I used to really love it like it just made me feel really at home so just yeah from then on I just was known as the ukulele girl nobody used to call me by my name now um how how did you start with the ukulele well do you know what it was completely by accident um I I grew up playing the guitar the piano singing we were quite a musical family um, so I always had instruments over the years. But what it was, my dad is notoriously difficult to buy presents for, right? His birthday or Christmas, me and my two sisters, Anna and Sandy, will be messaging each other going, oh, what are we going to buy, Dad? Like, he's got everything he needs. What can we possibly get him? So it was one Christmas, oh, maybe more than 10 years ago now, and my big sister, Anna, bought my dad a ukulele because he's a guitar player and she thought oh this will be a, like a fun silly present and it was one of the real little little ones with like pineapples and things on it you know like a real like a real silly one and um and I thought oh that that's a cute little instrument like I'd never really I'd never really seen one before I'd never played one before but I picked it up and I don't know if you've ever picked up a ukulele, but they're really easy to play. Like the, 
you know, you sometimes you just need one or two fingers to put on the fretboard and that's a chord. So I thought, oh, I like, I, you know, I kind of like this cute little thing. And then a few weeks later, I was in a music shop buying some um, congas with my then partner. And I saw this whole rack of ukuleles. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to buy myself one of them. So um, I still have it. I still have this little blue ukulele, which cost me £16, which is like, I don't know. I don't know the conversion rate, but maybe like $16. And uh, I learned to play it on the journey home in the car while my partner was driving. There was me trying to learn how to play the ukulele. That was it. (laughs) Oh, that sounds, I mean, it sounds delightful and it goes so much with just the the sound of the ukulele itself. That was, that was the, one of the first things that stuck out when I found you is I had, you know, I had my headset on, I was working and then I heard, you know, just this, this tingly little music and I was just like, somebody's playing the ukulele. And so I flipped over and I was just like, oh, she's just darling. And she's playing the ukulele. This is great. You know what I love about it is not many people actually play them these days. Like, and and when when you do see somebody playing a ukulele, it's often quite a jokey instrument. Like, you know, people will use it to do kind of comedy songs and things. But I mean, I just see it as just a really, like you said, it just sounds darling. It's just a gorgeous sound. Yeah, and it's one that you don't expect. It's one of the most haunting songs that I have heard is um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow played on ukulele. Have you yeah. heard that? Yeah, I I do that one, um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I do that one. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can take quite unassuming songs and pop them on a ukulele and give them a whole new dimension. And that's what I was really known for when I was, you know, still just the ukulele girl doing those little jazz gigs. That's what I was known for doing, putting old songs in new skins, I used to call it. So I'd play something like, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? by It's by Carole King, that one, isn't it? Um, and I'd play it in like a little reggae kind of ballad style on the uke. And people just loved that that newness about oh, it. Oh, that is absolutely wonderful. And one of the things that we're so big on out here is putting that, that raw authenticity with music. Because, you know, it's things get so cluttered down with, you know, life and trying to move forward and all of this and as bad as all of the lockdowns have been one actual little bit of silver lining that has come out of them is people are getting back to the actual authenticity Mm -hmm. we're we're starting to remember that people are people and you know what you know what you and a lot of other musicians are doing right now is just it's not only is it really driving at home, but it's encouraging people through it. It's, um, you know, I was, I was telling one of my buddies, it's like, uh, it's like doing the audio version of a victory garden and it's so much help to everybody. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think a lot of musicians really realize what, you know, you're doing for everybody's hearts right now. And it's just wonderful. That's so nice to hear. I mean, let me tell you, um, you know, we're doing it for quite selfish reasons, you know, but it's lovely that 
that other people are getting something out of what we're doing. And it's funny you should bring this up because I was chatting about this last night um, on Twitter with my my fellow band lab um, family, I call them. That's that's where I started recording um, back in, you know, back in 2020 when lockdown started. Um, I found this little website um, and just thought it might be like a fun place to record some songs, you know, just, you know, to relieve the boredom of lockdown. And I quickly realised that actually BandLab, this place I'd never heard of before, is full of amazing musicians who just like me all of a sudden found themselves locked down that you know they could be in Australia they could be in Pennsylvania they could be in France but we were all in the same position and all of a sudden we could no longer go out and gig um, and we all kind of turned to this place at the same time and started really concentrating on writing and recording and working together um, to do collaborations. And that's where a lot of the musicians that you're seeing on places like Twitter, that's where we all came from. We all came from BandLab. We all got to know each other by collaborating. And we were all saying last night how grateful we are for that because goodness knows I couldn't tell you what I would be doing right now had I not found that website had I not found those fellow musicians I mean it's it was it was my absolute saving grace of 2020. Well I am so glad that you have found that and um, really quick everybody when uh, when we are done talking definitely check out Jenny's uh, entry in our merch page and I will have a link to you know all of those areas that she's talking about if you are new if you are you know wanting to be able to to work on music with other people you know inspiration music talk anything like that we will get you sent straight over there and you know you can meet wonderful people like her and all of these people that are working on collabs right now and um Jenny, with the, especially with some of the new people who are, you know, they're, they're trying to find that, the people that are just before that step that they find that, what, you know, what kind of advice can you give them about, you know, I've seen people doing stuff on Instagram and, you know, we've talked about, you know, the, the music community that's just blooming all over Twitter. Um you know, where, where else can you direct if people? If you're somebody listening to this who would love to maybe start writing music or maybe you already do write music and you'd love to learn how to record that, I would tell you to download the BandLab app on your phone. Just get it from the App Store or you can actually visit on your laptop and do it um, via your browser. Uh, it's just bandlab.com. You just sign up. It's all free. Sign up to a profile. And basically what it is, it's it's almost like a social media platform, just like your Facebook or your Twitter or your Instagram. But behind the scenes, it has um, a digital audio workstation where you can actually record your songs. It's all free. It's all integrated. So you could 
you know, pitch up in there, bandlab.com, go behind the scenes and say, I want to record a song. So you open a new song, you get out your guitar, you sing a nice track. And then you think, do you know what? I'd love, I'd love a singer to sing on that track with me. And then you come across my profile and you go, oh, she sings. Oh, and she says she'll do backing vocals if people maybe want backing vocals. So then you say, hey, Jem, I'd love you to sing on this track with me. And I'll go, yeah, sure, I'll put some backing vocals on that for you. And then I can collaborate on that project that you created and I can put some backing vocals on there. And what you get is this lovely, lovely collaborative effort between musicians all over the world. I mean, my my top collaborators are a guy called Reckless Velvet who lives in Melbourne, Australia. We've done a couple of songs together. My other collaborator, Mike, a.k.a. Godzilla Attacks Tokyo Kamikaze Blues Band. He's He has the best band name ever. He's, he's ever. He's up there in Pennsylvania. Um, and we've done about five songs together now. Um, and it, he just found me on Band Lab and saw that I, you know, I'm up for singing with people. And he said, hey, do you want to sing on this blues song? And I said, yes, please. So, um, yeah, I mean, get on Band Lab. It's a great place to start and it's a great place to test out your music. If you would then like to go on to maybe release music and, you know, have it available on iTunes and places like that, it's a really great place to have it peer reviewed by other musicians and, you know, knock it back and forth a bit. That's what I still do now. I just did a song last night um, with a guy in the UK. Um, I released it on BandLab first so that all my musician friends can knock it about and tell me what's good and tell me what's not. And yeah, I can't, I can't rate the place highly enough. That sounds just, it sounds absolutely wonderful. And, you know, I will make sure and have links up to that because especially right here, we've got all of the recording options for people and live gigs are, you know, they're temporarily, very temporarily closed. But for right now, they're closed and we need to keep everything alive. Having that place and artists like you on there is just, that's a treasure trove, people. There's, there's so much creativity going on over there. I mean... I, I've been a performer for 20 years and I haven't written a song for 20 years because I've been too busy singing everyone else's songs. So all the creativity I had as a, as a teenager, I, you know, I was writing songs from the age of like 12, 13 to the age of like 20. But then when I got in bands, I stopped doing that completely for 20 years. And it wasn't until last year that I all of a sudden, because I had no gig out there, my creativity got channeled into writing. And last night, the song I posted last night was my 44th song that I've posted in the last six months. Oh, wow. Now, Jenny, would you care? I know that you said that you've done, you know, lots of covers and you just started writing again. Um, could we get you to do a song for yeah, us? Absolutely. I'd love to do a song for you. Would you would you like me to do the whole song or just a little snippet for you? I'll do the whole song. Okie dokie. I'm going to do it on my ukulele here. This is one of my favourites. I love performing this. It's uh, by Jason Mraz and it's called I'm Yours. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you done done me and you bet I felt it. I tried to beat you, but you're so hot that I melted. I fell right through the cracks. Now I'm trying to get back. Before my cool done run out, I'll be giving it my best. There's nothing's gonna stop me but divine intervention. I reckon it's again my turn. To win some or learn some, but I won't hesitate no more, no more. This is my fate. I'm yours. Open up your mind and be like me. Open up your plan and damn you're free. Look into your heart and you'll find love, 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 love. Listen to the music of the mama people dance and sing. We're just one big family. It's your God for sacred right to be love, 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 love. Oh, I hesitate no more, no more. This is my fate. I'm yours. There's no need to complicate. Our time is short. This is my faith. I'm yours. Open up your mind and be like me. Open up your plans and damn, you're free. Look into your heart and you'll find that sky is yours. So please don't, please don't, please don't. There's no need to complicate, cause our time is short and this, oh, this, oh, this is our fate. I'm Thank you so much. That sounded, that sounded absolutely beautiful, honey. That's, that's actually one of my personal favorite songs, and I have never, ever heard that on a ukulele before. Oh, and uh, I'm so glad I could play it for you then. Thank you. It, um... There is something about, I caught myself halfway through the song. I was just like, you're, you're smiling. And it's, there's something about hearing a ukulele itself that just, you can't hear it and not oh, smile. Yeah. I, I mean, for sure. And especially a song like that done on the ukulele. As soon as I start those opening chords, whenever I play that live, the whole room just lights up smiling. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And even mm. um, now, do you find when you're doing a more, you know, serious song or a different emotional feel on a song, but you still have that smile, you end up getting these these poignant smiles and, you know, it's like it just it hits you different. Yeah. I mean, the ukulele is as, as versatile an instrument as a guitar. You know, it can do the happy stuff. It can do this sassy, jazzy stuff, which I, you know, used to do a lot of, like, um, why don't you do right? Like, the, my ukulele really lends itself to that. 
or you know it it lends itself to the the more low key maybe ballady songs um like um dream a little dream um is one that i used to do a lot and that sounds beautiful on a ukulele oh that would be absolutely haunting mm See, I told you the ukulele was fierce. You thought I was kidding. <laughs> oh, you know, it made me laugh when I read that. The ukulele fierce. I had visions of me, like, setting one on fire with lighter fluid and things. <laughs> like Jimmy had Well, it is a ukulele, so it'd be, you know, little sparklers and one of those little, um, you know, <laughs> little paper umbrellas. And... <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the ukulele, it can be anything, you know, it, it can really be sassy too. Like, my the ukulele, which I just played for you, is um is slightly larger than the ones you're used to seeing, and it sounds slightly moodier. Um, and it also has a low string on it, which gives it um a little bit more of a serious kind of sound, and ah, oh, that and jazz just fits so well together oh i would say i can almost imagine it mm -hmm. now you said that you have started writing again what type of things are you writing and you know do you use just things that you see or you know emotions or personal stories or you know can you can you give us a, a little bit of a you know an insight into how you create well it's it's funny um i've i've got a lot of songs from when i was a teenager and they were quite definitely storytelling you know quite situational talking about interactions between people as me as a third person um observing them um like one of my songs from way back when is called billy liar and it's about this no good you know cheating boyfriend and it's me telling this situational story about all these different things that happened and you know you can imagine the different scenes but but now when I'm writing it's very first person it's very to do with emotions um and a lot of the songs um that I've written over the last six months are about past relationships um it's quite funny uh the running joke on twitter amongst me and my friends is that i'm always bashing my ex-boyfriends in my songs <laughs> <laughs> this like running theme that everybody's like oh and here we go here we go again here's another one about an ex-boyfriend but i mean it's such a it's such a rich um it's such a rich well to draw from you know those those really um key emotions that you go through you know during a breakup and and they stay with you you know no matter how many years later you're writing about it I mean one of the songs I wrote last year was about a breakup I experienced when I was 21 and the uh, the emotion was and the memories were still as raw when I was writing it 20 years later and the thing about relationship songs is they're so relatable so, you know, anyone listening to that song who had a similar breakup would be like, oh, yeah, that got me in the feels because they've been there. Yeah, that's that's one that uh, it's universal. I don't care where you are, yeah. who you are, how old you are. You know, I mean, even out here, people who have never even heard of country music 
you play He Stopped Loving Her Today, and everybody knows that song. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's genreless, it's boundaryless, doesn't matter how old you are, everyone's had their heart broken. You know, everybody's got that one that got away. You know, it's a universal language, isn't it? The language of love and loss. And when you when you hear a song that that you you really resonate with, guy, it hits you different, you know? Yeah, back down to, you know, pulling out that, that authenticity and reminding us that yeah, we're all people. I mean and I'm so grateful for being able to get down those feelings which you know may have been swirling around in my head for the past 20 years and now I've got them all down nice and neatly in black and white and it helps you it helps you know how to feel about them and then you can move on you know then you can go okay now I'll talk about something else yeah yeah, it's the you know the catharsis of getting it out, and then yeah. the added bonus of you know you've got people who haven't been able to, and they hear that, and at the very least they think you know what, you know, I'm not alone, I'm not yeah. foolish, I'm not silly, I'm I'm just a person, just like you know, just like this person singing, just like that person down the road, you know, it's the great equalizer. And it's amazing how. Something that someone's talking about, which is so personal to them, like one of the songs I wrote is is a very personal account of a, a breakup I went through. And I didn't expect anybody to, oh, I expected them to, you know, recognize themselves in that story, but not resonate on a deep, deep level. But but one of my friends um, on Bandlab, he he just, that song just gets him in his soul. For some reason, what I'm talking about just gets him right to his core. And this guy's a really talented songwriter in his own right. You know, I adore his music. He can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. But there's just something about this song which expresses for him this this thing he hasn't been able to express for himself. And um, yeah, it's just a universal language, isn't it? Thank you for telling us, you know, about you know how how you actually create that because that's one of the things that I've heard from so many new people is, well, I've got this, but a somebody will think it's silly, or b I don't think that it's good enough to be a song. This is you know this is too simple. This is, you know, and there's all of this that you can draw from. And it just, sometimes it seems like you've just got to have somebody say, I've been there, this is what I did, you know, just get it out. Well, you know, songwriting is not much different from anything else that you would like to be good at or excel at. You know, the first day that we rock up to the gym, we don't pick up a 20 pound weight, we pick up a two pound weight and we lift it maybe five times. And you have to do that a lot before you can go in and pick up that 20 pound weight and everybody goes oh gosh look at them picking up that you know big weight songwriting is just the same you know I've been writing songs since I was 13 and you know some of them will never see the light of day um because they're not great but you refine it you every time you go back and you write and you put your experience down on paper you refine your your craft and then eventually, 
you could you know you write a song that people go gosh wow I really enjoyed that so anyone who's looking to to get into songwriting just start get yourself a nice little journal write down your thoughts and feelings about something which you know hits you strongly whether it's um you know love and loss or the way the sun looks on the ocean that day or you know whatever whatever's in your head just put it down on on paper in black and white and the more you the more you channel that the more easily it comes to you yeah it's i'm glad that you said you know the the easy come to you because it is like developing a muscle oh, it's sure. the same thing happens in fiction writing is you know i tell people you've got to expect a good 50 or 60 no's before you get a yes yeah. on any type of publication oh, yeah. and people will get like you know like five or ten and they're just like oh i'm failing at this and um no honey i have an entire box of rejections and uh you know that doesn't keep you from getting published it just you know it just means you you hone it that's that's all there is to it absolutely i mean there's there's no better way to learn than trial and error right you know we don't we don't learn anything by doing things perfectly all the time one of my favorite sayings at the moment i've got it as my my uh, my background on my laptop and i i read it every day um a smooth a smooth sea never made a skillful sailor so you know if everything comes easy and everything goes right for you every time you're not going to grow as a person and you'll probably write quite boring songs exactly if you don't get your heart broke you can't write a love song <laughs> yeah i mean who who wants to hear 50 songs of someone saying how happy they are no one wants to hear that <laughs> We want to hear how you've had your heart broken and how you've been crying into your din, you know? That's what we want to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, keeping it real, people. But, uh... Yeah. Now, mm. you mentioned two of the people that you're doing uh, collaborations with. Have you got mm. some new stuff in the bullpen? What, what do we need to start looking for, you know, just either here um, coming up or even this spring? You know, what can we expect out of Well, what tends to happen is when you find a collaborator who you work really well with, you tend to go back time and time again. So, so yeah, my two, my two favourite guys, uh, um, Reckless Velvet from Melbourne in Australia and uh, Godzilla Attacks Tokyo from Pennsylvania. We've, we've done a few songs together. We work really well together. So it's the kind of ongoing relationship where we'll just keep doing, we'll just keep doing more stuff. Um, me and Mike, aka Godzilla, we just released a single last week um, called "My Head's uh, My Head's Just Spinning Round." Um, and what it was, Mike wrote what he thought was a rock song, and he sent it to me, and I just heard something quite different. I heard like a really layered vocal kind of almost 90s shoegaze type of song with lots of swirly vocals and um yeah we're just constantly innovating and you know they'll send me something and they may tell me I'd like this to be done with it or they'll they might just say go crazy um so me yeah me and Reckless Velvet we've got we've got a couple of little secret project in the pipeline which you guys will be seeing soon 
Um, and yeah, no doubt me and Mike will be writing more tracks together. Uh, we've got about five, I think, right now. And we've also we've also liked to do some um, some video projects as well for the songs that we do, because it's always real nice to have a video to go with it. Um, one of the songs we did called Here We Are, which is, tells the story of a group of friends who, no matter where they've moved away to, no matter where they've gone in life, whether they're married, whether they've got a big important job, they always come back to the same bridge in the same town and they meet and they, they have a beer. And uh, when we'd written that song, Mike said, I'd love to do a video for that. So um, we used the combination of stock footage of, you know, like groups of friends drinking beers. And then I actually went out and filmed myself in like an underpass and did some pieces to camera singing the chorus and things. Um, and that that's always real fun doing doing video projects to go with the songs that we've written. So yeah, loads loads more to come. I I couldn't even tell you how much. I am so excited. And anybody who would like to keep up on what Jenny is doing, obviously we will keep links up. But she has got she has got Twitter. She has got you know social media all over the place. We've got links to it, but Jenny, would you uh, care to do a little bit of a shout out about where all people can find you? Absolutely. I mean, the main place that I tend to put most of my things is YouTube. So you can find me at youtube.com forward slash Miss Jenny Stevens. Um, and then, yeah, I'm kind of everywhere, either under the name Jenny Stevens or the ukulele girl. I still like to use that handle because I don't know, it's kind of sentimental for me. So you'll find me on twitter.com forward slash the underscore ukulele girl and instagram.com forward slash the underscore ukulele girl. And I also oh get this. Don't don't judge me. I just joined TikTok. Some of the some of the stuff that I have seen coming out of there. It's a mixed bag, but your creativity will always find a way. Oh, you know, I, I had a complete misconception of it before I joined. Like, I think I think most people have quite a misconception of what's over there. But I went on and, oh, number one, it's addictive. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here like at 1 a.m. in the morning going, I need to go to bed now, but I'll just check TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just take a minute. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'll, just, I'll just have five minutes and it's 3 a.m. But um, yeah, yeah, like you said, so much creativity going on over there, and the big, the big, um, the big trend at the moment is sea shanties. Have you seen this? I okay. I don't judge me. I love a good sea shanty. I have loved a good sea shanty my entire life. I am um, with you. Yeah, I was big into uh, Great Big Sea when they came out. I mean. Oh. Yeah, I do love me. And so I come through there and then all of a sudden I'm surrounded by sea shanties. And I was just like, our time has come, people. <laughs> it was like, I logged in expecting to see all this cool like rap and stuff. And I was like, oh, there's a sea shanty on my homepage. What's going on here? Click. <laughs> Have you seen those four guys standing together? It's probably one of the biggest TikToks of it right now. 
I don't know where they're standing, but there's four fellers that are standing and just singing an old classic and uh, about rum. That's going to narrow it down for you, I'm sure. Yes, um, yes, I have. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. When I, do you know something? When I first saw it, I thought it was a parody because they look like real cool, trendy guys in the skinny jeans and, you know, all the, you know, no socks and slip on shoes. And I thought, Oh, they're obviously some kind of a boy band and somebody's overdubbed the sea shanty. This is funny. And then I, I watched their lips and I was like, no, these guys are really singing a sea shanty. Yes. I got up close to the TV and I had my hand on oh. my hip and I was just like, this can't be real. And then I did the same thing. I watched their lips wow. and I was just like, these fellas are actually singing. This is cool. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know the backstory, but I was hooked. <laughs> well, apparently me and you and a few million of our closest friends are, you know, just taken back up to the sea shanties. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what we've established so far is sea shanties are taking over the world. Uh -huh. And uh, we need to have a great big list of social media outlets to be able to find you on because it sounds like you all you and your collaborators are uh, just cranking stuff out um can would you care to give us a little list and are you doing anything on instagram i keep seeing people doing uh you know live shows on instagram that is my next thing uh funny you should bring it up yeah that is my next thing um obviously because we're all kind of missing performing you know right now it's lovely doing all of the writing but you know what's the point in having all of these great songs if you you know you can't perform them so I kind of became aware through meeting all these great musicians on Twitter that um, some of them have been doing Instagram live gigs so they will literally just stream from their home you know from their spare bedroom or their living room or whatever they'll set up a, like a little bit of a stage area and they'll do maybe like a half an hour or 40 minute gig uh, where they'll play songs. I caught a, a friend of mine's um, gig, uh, Lee Thomas uh, from Melbourne uh, last week. He was doing a little, um, it was 4 p.m. his time and it was 5 a.m. my time. And I just so happened to still be awake because I was talking to a collaborator in Louisiana. So I was still awake at 5 a.m. and I was like... I'm just going to take in a little bit of this gig for five minutes. Um, just five minutes. <laughs> just five minutes. Yeah. Six songs later, I was like, I really need to go to sleep now. <laughs> but, um, but it was great. It was a really great learning experience for me because I've never seen um, an Instagram live gig before. And I, I thought, yeah, that's definitely something that I could see myself doing. Um, so in fact, the, the, the day after, um, I set up like a little bit of a practice stage area in my, in my living room. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm pretty much ready to go. I just need to kind of finalize when I'm going to go live. And I've, um, asked a few of my lovely Twitter musician friends if they would be so kind as to attend the Instagram live gig so that they can critique my setup, you know, tell me if it looks good, tell me if this sounds good, because that's really probably going to be the difficulty, you know, it's hard to understand what it's going to look like to somebody else. Um, of course, when you're setting up a real gig, you go out into the audience and make sure your sound's okay and you make sure your stage looks okay. 
Um, but thankfully, my lovely musician friends have all said, yeah, we'll be there. You know, we'll we'll critique it for you. And then eventually I'd love to be able to tell everybody to come along and come be in my living room and listen to me playing things like Jason Mraz on my ukulele and uh, maybe a few of the original songs that I've been writing. I think that would be a real nice thing to do one evening. Oh, I think that it sounds just, sounds like an absolutely wonderful evening to do. Bringing everybody right there into your living room. That's, that's just the way to go. Until we can get out, pull people in. Yeah, oh, for sure. And you know, when, when you're at these little gigs, I've been to a couple of them now, it just feels like it used to do in that little old jazz cafe above the coffee shop that I used to play in when people are sitting around on sofas and drinking coffee. It's that same vibe, you know, that real small audience, that intimacy. Uh, one of the girls, uh, an uh, Irish singer called Sonia D, she did a, a little gig last week. And it was just her and her guitar singing. And I watched it on my laptop. And I actually filmed a little bit of the footage so that she could see what it looks like to us. And I, oh. and I couldn't help but harmonize along with the song she was singing at the time. And, um, and I sent it to her and said, thank you so much for having me in the audience. That was just so lovely. And I think that, you know, whilst we can't do that kind of thing in real life right now, these little gigs that people are putting on just from their homes it's kind of satisfying that that mm -hmm. that want for live music. It gives you that sense of immediacy and that it's a it's a nice intimate setting. I mean, it it has to be. It's a living room. Yeah, and 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 connection. You know, like you know, there's there's Sonia in in uh, Scotland, and here's me in Wales watching, and no doubt people all over the world watching. It's just, yeah, it's a great sense of connection. Mm -hmm. well, I expect to see a whole lot more uh, clicks in from Central Appalachia as everybody starts uh, getting into these and, you know, watching and discovering all of these people that, uh, you know, quite honestly, I don't think that we would have found some of y'all had it not been for all of this. And uh, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. Do you know, it, it makes my day to think that a little Welsh girl is on the internet radio all the way over the big pond in the US and folks are sitting out on their porches listening to this. Like that just makes my day. Mine too. Mine absolutely too. I would love, you know, until the day that we can actually have you over and actually sit you on my porch and pull out a guitar and a ukulele and I <laughs> kind of have a cello sitting over here. Um, <laughs> And as my daughter would tease me, Mama grabbed the spoons. Uh, I happen to love the spoons, and she calls them hillbilly castanets. <laughs> oh, I love the spoons. I love the spoons. The, the spoons are underrated. People are just like, oh, it's cutlery. And I'm just like, no, it's percussion. Oh, let me tell you folks listening, it takes a lot of skill to play the spoons. Mm -hmm. Don't be misled. Like April's right, it takes a lot of skill to play the spoon. Yeah, and they're, uh, they can be delightful. You just, you know what? People are making music, just uh, sit down and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, gosh, anything goes with music. We used to get together in our local pub um, up here in the, in the wintertime 
And uh, one night we were in there, there was spoons being played. There was a saw being played. Someone had brought their bedside cabinet and we're banging on it. Like, you know, anything can make music. Mm -hmm. We've got, uh, there's entire, you know, washboard bands out here. Not a whole lot of them anymore, but uh, yeah. music like life will always find a way. Do you know, skiffle bands, We we do you use the word skiffle over there to describe those bands? Um, no, actually, I haven't. I haven't heard that. I like that, though. We, yeah, I mean, that was the term that we would describe to use to describe those kinds of bands that preceded rock and roll, really, over here in the kind of late 50s, like before the Beatles really took off over here. Um, my uncle was in a skiffle band. And they were like, they were huge over here. You know, like you said, with the washboards and the the stand-up bass made out of like a tea chest with some strings stuck on it. And, you know, that was what people were making music with in the 50s before rock and roll really um, became big over here. And I love all that kind of grassroots music. Uh, one of my friends has just started building um, cigar box guitars. I think you call them, do you call them two-string diddly bows over there? Um, no, I, I mean, I've heard of box guitars, and we've got, I mean, we've got dulcimers and mandolins and fiddles, and everybody who builds them, yeah. there's kind of like local words for everything. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it was um, C6 Steve who calls it his two-string diddly bow. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever seen uh, C6 Steve? No. He's a fantastic performer. He looks like he just jumped off the the last um, cargo train that blew through town. Like he looks like he looks like he's been riding trains his whole life. And the amount of talent that that guy has got is unreal. He will just sit with a two-string homemade guitar, and he'll be stomping on a tea chest on the floor. And he makes the most amazing music. He's really, he's, he's great. Check him out if you get the chance. C6 Steve, his name is. Oh, we will definitely have to. And I'm going to put up a link. We'll find C6 Steve. And we will pop him a link up here. Well, Jenny, our time is just about done. But is there anything that you would like to, to tell everybody before we have to let you go? Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been such a giggle. I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. And I hope everybody's enjoyed hearing about songwriting and band lab and Instagram live gigs. And if it's something you want to get involved in, then come and find us. There's a great indie music scene on Twitter. Come say hi. If you want to learn how to write songs, come find us on band lab. You know, we can create some music together. Um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed chatting to you today. Thank you so much for having this little Welsh girl on your show. Thank you for letting me speak to you on your porches. Um, yeah, lots of love from Wales and the ukulele girl. Well, we were certainly happy to be able to meet you and get to know you a little bit. And, you know, thank you for coming and hanging out on the porch with us. And, you know, we can't wait to, to have you back just as soon as we can. 
Well, everybody, that uh, that's our last interview on the porch for this week, and I'm so happy that you joined us, and I hope that you had fun. And make sure you know check on the merch page and you know find the the information on how to to get hold of our musicians and join us again because every week we're going to be talking to musicians and bands and authors and. You know, if you've got anybody who you'd like us to try and talk to, you know, by all means, just let us know and, you know, keep smiling. We've got we've got brighter days right before you know it. So I hope you enjoy the music and uh, you all have a great day. Guess what? Bye bye.